Welcome to Please Leave a Message. We are your hosts. I'm Jess Smiley. And I'm Richard McLean. And this is episode two. Episode two. I should probably thank our. I would. I would like to take this moment to thank our long-time listeners um, and fans that have been with us since episode one. Yeah. You remember that way back in episode one? Clear back a whole week ago. Oh my gosh, episode that was a good one too. It was a good episode. We got some. We got some good response on that. Yeah, we did. Did you? Um, so I talked with people about it, and I got some messages. What what did you hear from people? I just heard what you posted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, people were into it. They liked it. Um, I think a lot of the people that have been listening are not regular podcast listeners. Oh. Which is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Because we're introducing them to this podcast, but also what a podcast can be. Right. Yeah, people like the scary stories. They, lo- they liked slash hated the scary stories. <laughs> uh, which I think is what we're after. That's what we wanted with scary uh, stories. Yeah, I would think so. That's, yeah. What else are you going to do with them? Yeah. Um, it's a scary story. Right. But it's not really scary. It's not really scary. So... Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, how was Halloween? Halloween was fun. Yeah? Yeah. They, we sent the kids out on their own. We just dropped them off and said, go have fun. Cool. And we went and got ourselves some dinner and some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds like a good Halloween. You had, I was looking on your Facebook page. I was creeping on it. And you watched something like 80-something movies. 84 movies. In 46 days. And they were all like kind of Halloween movies? They were all, yeah, that was my Halloween watch list for the year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I was, I thought, oh, look, October's coming up. I better see what movies I'm going to watch this year. Yeah. And make a list. And then I made the list and the list was really long. And I'm like, I better get started in September. So I started September 15th and I ended it last night. 84 movies. 84 movies. I saw, I saw The Burbs was on the list and that's one of my all-time favorite movies, period. Okay, so remember... <laughs> Was it last episode we were talking about a movie that one time I didn't find funny and yes. the next time I did? Was that The Burbs? It was The Burbs. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you well, liked it this year? I loved it this year. I was laughing my head off. <laughs> last year when I watched it, I was like, whoa. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid and like the sense of humor is really weird. Well, yeah. And like the tone of the movie and that's what makes it, if you like it, that's what makes it fun. And if you don't like it, that's probably part of what doesn't work. Right. But I don't, I've always liked that movie. I don't know what huh. it was last year when I watched it. It was just like, I don't know. Something yeah. about it. Just or Maybe you were the Clopex maybe, last year. Maybe something about me was off last year. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. We, I, I posted on, uh, I posted online a photo. I, I dressed up as an adorable lion. I saw that. That was funny. <laughs> an adorable lion. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And my, my sentiments for Halloween were just, I mean, who, who cares about the kids? I had an awesome Halloween. <laughs> it was the best. It, really, it was so great. My kids had a blast. It was a good Halloween. That's yeah. the first time we just dropped the kids off and said, go trick or treating. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. In our old neighborhood, I never would have done that. Okay, so you just let them walk around here? No, we dropped them off in the neighborhood down there. Okay. And they did that part, and then they did the part down there where I haven't even been in that part of the neighborhood. (laughs) So they did that, and then they came back over here and did our neighborhood and found friends. And And they all made it back. They all made it back. Oh, good. Wow. That's cool. (laughs) 
No, that would be fun. That was, um, I was taking my kids around, and um, the, the neighborhood we live in now, we weren't there last Halloween. This is our first Halloween in this neighborhood. And, I mean, people were blasting music. Um, people were out of their cars. They were playing movies on the sides of trailers in their uh, parking lots. Oh, that's awesome. People made um, hot dogs. Another family had scones in their garage. Oh, wow. Um, Jess, I'm coming to your neighborhood you next should. year. You should. Please do. Holy cow. We saw tons of people that... My kids know from school that aren't in our neighborhood at all. Um, yeah, so they, they picked up on, on our neighborhood. That's awesome. It was fun, yeah. So, yeah, I want to do that kind of stuff. This year, I barely had enough money to buy candy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I, well, I, I had music on here in the office, and I just turned it up really loud, so hopefully people could hear it through the window. Fun. Um, but I didn't want to open the window because it gets dusty out here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I actually ran into a few people while we were trick-or-treating, and we made different stops, too. We went to family, you know, my family, and uh, people brought up the podcast, and they were they were kind of making their way through it. A lot of them were, you know, they went right to the scary stories, they the scary stories. And they, and some people were asking if this is a scary story podcast, if this is a Halloween podcast. No, I and, don't think it is. Yeah, and again, like some of them... Uh, are new to podcasts as a whole. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was our first episode. And so, is that what it's going to be every time? And we've just, it's not. It was a Halloween episode. Yeah. Yeah. But we want to uh, please leave a message. It's all about different things we can listen to and just celebrating. You can listen to the human voice. You can listen to music. You can listen to found audio, just weird stuff that people yeah. have lying around. Uh, we want to get into all that. One thing, one thing I was uh, thinking about, I actually felt guilty after listening to our last episode oh, why i did because I, I listened to it a couple times just just to get a sense of what we're doing and you know mm -hmm. how it's all coming together and i kept getting notifications on my phone calendar and on facebook of you know so-and-so's birthday it's this person's birthday today is whoever's birthday and i realized i was really insensitive last time we probably had listeners that were celebrating a birthday <laughs> and i didn't even say anything about it but i came prepared today i brought something for our listeners oh. <laughs> that might be celebrating okay a birthday this week or maybe they have a loved one that that they're having a birthday happy birthday and many cheers you are today this many years Happy birthday, everyone. I hope it's a good one. So today we have, what, well, we have an interview. We do. We have a, oh. With a very special guest. That's right. Wow, I'm surprised you were able to book this individual. I know, he's never available, but I yeah. got him. Yeah, I mean, this is like cream of the crop, top of the class, blue ribbon material. Uh, it's me. You interviewed me. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, Jess. Thanks for coming down today. Well, you're welcome. Well, Jess, why don't you uh, briefly uh, introduce yourself and, and tell the folks what you do? Yeah, I work I work as a freelance illustrator and graphic designer, and so I, and I go by my full name, oh, okay. which is gotcha. uh, Jess Smart Smiley. So I do different things in that capacity, and I and I go by my full name. Okay, yeah. awesome. So this is all about figuring out. Uh, what makes people tick? We call this segment, I Tick. Ooh. So we've got a few questions. We just ask everybody the same questions. They're open-ended enough so that we can get to know people and everybody answers them differently. Okay. Uh, so we'll just, we'll... So I don't have to get the right answer? Yeah, okay. exactly. So uh, Jess, why don't you tell us what your uh, earliest memory is? <sighs> the earliest? I have, I, have, I have different memories that are like glimpses you know of being in a certain place at a certain time but there's no you know it's just this person is there and there are different colored of lights you know things like that right but the first <clears throat> memory that feels like something i can really tell and have it mean something to someone else is like so i'm probably i'm probably five years old and i'm in the back seat of the car and mom and dad are driving down the street just around around town where i grew up and uh and this isn't like one specific instance or one particular day 
but it's kind of a period in my life. Okay. At, at being five, so it's probably like, you know, an accumulation of like a week or two, like an aggregate of that. So I'm in the back seat and we're driving down the road and, um, and I'm looking at all the, the street signs and billboards and store windows. And for the first time in my life, I'm able to read the words oh. on these signs. I've been learning to read. It wasn't right. like it just happened. Right. Mom, mom had been teaching me at home. And, um, and for the first time there was what I remember more than anything is just that, just this incredibly powerful sensation of, I get it. <laughs> I understand. I've seen, I've seen mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and all these adults looking at these signs every time we drive by it and they laugh or they, they go, Oh, we should turn here. Or they, they get some type of understanding or meaning or knowledge from looking at these things. And so like, I assumed that like most people had probably grown up until that point and, and known that there were these symbols or marks that meant something, but the, you know, you don't know what they are. Right. And all of a sudden it's like everything kind of coming into focus. Um, yeah. And I, I just remember that sensation and that's, that, um, that's just always kind of stuck with me. Just like how powerful that was to suddenly see. And it's like, you, you have kids. So like, I've seen it with my, with my boy, with him growing up, seeing like, apply uh getting meaning from these signs and also like just just putting things together like the way the world works and how language works like oh it's a stop sign that sign right there says it has the word stop on it and it's a sign that means stop for drivers like it's a stop sign like and that was so like i just i that sensation that period like has stuck with me like that's that's amazing that we can communicate in that way right so that's that's probably like my earliest okay thing. it's funny that you said it was like everything came into focus because yeah. that reminds me of when i got my glasses oh yeah and I walked outside for the first time and I was like, oh, you can actually read things that are across the street. You huh. can actually see the mountains. You can actually, like I'd been living in a blur and didn't even know it. Wow. And that, that kind of that sensation, it reminded me of that feeling of when I got my glasses for the first time. When did you get glasses? I was in junior high. Were you? Yeah. And so, and then my mom tells me, oh yeah, they told you you would need glasses when you were like in third grade. But <laughs> they said, don't get them for him till he's like in junior high because he'll be fine until then. And, and he'll just break them anyway. Wow. So <laughs> I was living in a blur for all those years and didn't even know it. I rem That's interesting because I got my glasses. We're both wearing glasses now, <laughs> right now. Um, I got my glasses in seventh grade, same time I got my braces. So I was like the coolest kid in school. You know? <laughs> uh, but I remember fifth grade and sixth grade in particular, s squinting at the board. And I remember like people even pointed out like how annoying it was that I was squinting and like, that looks ugly. Like you look dumb. Like, oh, really? Squinting. Yeah. And it was, I mean, obviously no one would like hearing something like that. Like I wasn't doing anything wrong, you know, right. I was trying to see the board and I couldn't understand. Um, anyway, yeah. Getting glasses at that age. That's... <laughs> Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, I was I was on the verge of tears when they said you need glasses. Not for any like I didn't have any problem with other people having glasses. It was oh. just it was like being told there's something wrong with you. Oh really? And it kinda hit me and I, I got it over really fast. It it mm. didn't really scar me or anything. It was just like for, for just a, for a brief moment though, it was just like uh, <laughs> you know. I thought well, that was kind of interesting. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I remember it was probably junior high when I realized I could never read the board from the back of the room. and I just. Huh. But I thought everybody had that problem. I thought it was just that the teacher wasn't writing dark oh, enough with the chalk. I remember um, colors being especially vivid. Uh -huh. And then also, like literally everything, like you pointed out, like coming into focus and seeing the sharpness of seeing edges mm -hmm. on people right. and in mountains, you right. know, in the back was, yeah, that, I mean, that was amazing. It's just seeing things you've never seen before right. in a way you've never seen. Right. Before. It was just, yeah, mind blowing is really the only. That's what it was reading these, reading these street signs. That's what it was. It was like, oh my gosh, I've come into something powerful. I've right. stepped into a realm of understanding and clarity that I mean being five years old you know in some way I understood this I'm not saying I got all this but like right I was in some way like understanding something that my parents were understanding on a on a similar plane you know we're speaking the same language right. anyway. that's kind of cool that is kind of cool what if we could have that kind of an experience more often oh, man. like just moments of clarity like that it'd be cool if we could that'd find a cool. way to find a way to pursue that a little more right anyway amen yeah <laughs> I guess uh 
Well, do you have another story from your childhood um, about something that maybe has really influenced your life, but uh, maybe not something that you've shared a lot? Right. Um, yeah, there is there is something else that I initially thought was probably my earliest memory, um, <clears throat> but it comes it comes after learning to read. I was probably eight years old when this happened. Are are you nearsighted or are I, you farsighted? I'm nearsighted. You're nearsighted. Yeah. So nearsighted, I was thinking about this on the way over. I don't even know. You can see things that are close to you. Right. I can focus about this close. <laughs> and for the audience, uh, my hand's about four inches in front of my face. Yeah, it is. That's about how far you can see clearly. That's how far I can see clearly. Beyond that, it gets blurry. Wow. Okay. I can see a, I can see a good 10, 12 feet. But no, that's like, still... Yeah, it's... it's like, I can tell what things are. Right. Like, I could probably still read that far with my glasses off, but right. the words are not crisp at all. So, so I was probably eight years old, and I was in church with my parents and my brothers, and and Dad would listen to the speaker. He, he, Dad was was near, nearsighted, excuse me, just like we are, mm-hmm. a couple of nearsighted guys. And... Uh, when he was paying attention to the speaker and listening and wanted to see who they were, you know, he had his glasses on so he could see and, and pay attention. And um, he he liked to take notes and he also wrote a lot. And so he always had like a notebook around and he did a lot of uh, journaling. Like he would write in his journal a lot. So every now and then, like in, and in church, this would happen. He'd get an idea or he'd be, you know, struck by something and want to write it down, right? So he would, in order to see the paper in front of him and write, he'd take his glasses off, okay. right? Because now he's switching from far, seeing something far away to seeing something right in front of him. Take his glasses off, write down whatever it is, put his glasses back on and pay attention. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm almost to that point I'm noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost there. Uh, but what I remember being eight years old and seeing dad remove his glasses to take notes in church, I... The, the idea struck me that um, this was this was a problem in a sort of in 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 a way, and that I might have a solution. Oh, okay. And so what I did, I I came up with this invention. I remember really wanting to invent different things. So so I came up with this invention for my dad, and the invention was um, that one of his earpieces on the sides of his glasses, uh, instead of being like an earpiece, it would be a removable pencil. Okay. <laughs> So that way he could have his glasses on, listen to the speaker, and then when he wanted to take a note, instead of pulling out his pencil uh, and putting his glasses down, he could actually remove that part of his glasses and write with it, <laughs> like it was functional in a different right. way, and take a note and then pop it back in and, and put his glasses back on. <laughs> um, so so don't don't steal my idea. That's totally my idea. I love kid inventions. That's my... What are you talking about? I'm, pres- I'm getting it patented, right? Because... It's all outside the box. <laughs> right. I didn't, like, no one had told me, like, this is what an invention, like, it has to work within these constraints and, you know, it has to work. In well, you don't way. care about the marketability of it. No. You're just like, this is the problem. This is the solution. Right. Why, why can't everybody see that? Right. And so, but what's interesting to me about that memory in particular is it has to do with seeing. Okay. It has to do with writing. It has to do with using language. And it has to do with communicating an idea. And like, I've thought about this a lot, actually. Um, it's interesting to me, like, and I'm looking back on my eight-year-old self. It could have been any other person. Like, this is me looking back on it just as, what an interesting eight, eight-year-old, you know, for, for, what an interesting thing for a person to do. Like, wanted to come up with that idea, like, that was just in my nature, I'm sure. But like, instead of just turning and telling my dad, hey, you know what would be cool? Mm-hmm. Is if you just, you know, took off this part of your glasses. Instead of doing that, or instead of just writing a description of what this invention was, I drew a picture of it, kind of like a diagram of glasses, and I drew like arrows, pencil goes here, uh-huh. you can pull it out. And then I wrote like a couple words, like how it works. It was using words and pictures yeah. to describe this thing that did not exist. How cool is that? That's how I chose to, to communicate, and that's like very much a part of what I do every day of my life right now is thinking in terms of communicating with other people and either bringing clarity to something or um, trying to describe a thing that does not yet exist um, or trying to help understand something that we don't fully understand using words and pictures and it's also interesting to me like um i think and it's kind of it's kind of like a philosophy like i've developed but like um i think that in order to write something or to draw something 
with a certain clarity. I'll keep using the word clarity. You have to be able to, to see it in a certain light. Definitely. So here's my dad being able to see a thing and taking his glasses off, putting his glasses on in order to communicate that thing. Uh, and that's just always stood out to me as like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I don't question it. It's just like a, it's just like a gut. It's like an instinct, you right. know, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's just interesting to me. All right. So now we want to know, we being I and the collective audience, <laughs> we want to know if you can share with us a piece of music that's been highly influential in your life. Man, I told you I was struggling with this. Yeah. Like to pick out one song or just piece of music, you know. Okay, I'm going to go with, um, do you know who the talking heads are? I do. You do? I do. Do you like the talking heads? I do like the talking heads. That's a good answer. Okay. Now we can have a conversation. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the talking heads were introduced to me by a friend in high school and I'd heard burning down the house, like in junior high, it was on the radio, you mm -hmm. know, um, and it was an old song then. But, uh, anyway, the talking heads, uh, in particular, this album called stop making sense. Okay. Have you, have you heard that at all? I, I'm familiar with the album. Like I like the talking heads. I've listened to their music. Yeah. Uh, I think I had some of their songs on a mixtape my uncle made for me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not to the point where I've owned a lot of their stuff oh, okay so i i know the name sure that's familiar there um, there's so many things that i love about the talking heads and the front man is uh david byrne he's the band leader and he's gone on to do solo projects mm -hmm. but he but this uh this album in particular stop making sense um it's from a concert film they did okay called stop making sense and it's all this and it's not all the songs but most of the songs they play in that concert film um, so it, so it's definitely, the sound is definitely tied to like what I'm, what I watched, you know, in the concert film, but, but also the music itself, like it just, um, it just hit me at a certain point where, man, again, I feel like, I feel like the thing I'm probably going to come back to is just language and communicating and just understanding ourselves and understanding each other through things that we do. Um, but that, I mean, it just hit me at a certain time in my life when I was open to um, hearing different textures and sound, okay. rough textures and smooth textures and kind of jaunty, bouncy textures and others that were, you know, flat and steady and um, compositions and arrangements of songs and like, and just, and not only that, but also what a song can do. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is a whole album. It's not necessarily any one song in particular, but I'll just give you a quick taste of uh the now this is the concert film not the not the music itself but it starts with this guy david byrne walking out on stage with a uh with a boom box okay and he, he sets it down and he's wearing like a gray suit and like tennis shoes and he looks out at the crowd and says um i want to play a song for you <laughs> and he hits play on the boom box at a concert where he's there to play music he hits play on the boom box and it starts like a pre-recorded rhythm. Right. And then it's just him playing guitar to it and then singing. And halfway through the song, the drum, the the, the rhythm, like, um, starts jumping around um, almost like it's hiccuping or something. Or there's like a, um, what's it called? Like, like vinyl scratching or something, okay. you know, where it's like kind of caught like in a groove or something. And he, David Byrne, playing the guitar to the to the drums, they start making the sound, and he starts tripping on stage. So it's like the drums are tripping, the sound is tripping, and he's like physically, visually tripping. <laughs> and then it goes back, and it and the and the rhythm gets steady again, and and he's you know playing guitar, and and then uh, anyway, it's cool. Like he's looking into the camera, looking directly at us, and he makes like these faces at us. And then he's looking out of the crowd and he just, he explores, it's just the, the whole album just explores like what can, what can sound do? It starts off really sparse and, and, and bare and raw and simple. And then it gets very complex and they get a, I don't know, it's like a 14 piece band or something. Okay. And, and he just, he just like explores like, what can, what can we do with sound? At one point they... They're, like the the band is playing it might even be during burning down the house that song's like never been like a favorite song or anything <laughs> but it's just it's it's kind of caught up in that album uh but but when that song picks up and the keyboardist starts doing a solo and it's just like everyone's all pumped up and everyone's like all sweaty at this point and we're into the music and we're just like hypnotized at this point david byrne like just starts doing laps around the stage he just starts running okay 
And it's like, that's what you, like, you just feel like moving. You feel like, dead. and there he is. Like, he's just literally running around the stage. I was trying to think of something to say just about the sound itself and the music. One thing that really struck me was how, I mean, it's just like any album I can think of that really stands out to me where, you know, some songs are about small, intimate things. And other songs are about larger concepts that we can all relate with. And some songs are ballads and some are more you know, aggressive, uh, which sounds like any album, right? It takes, you know, these tonal... A, a good album. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it kind of tugs at different emotions or it kind of tugs at, you know, your intellect. And um, But it just it just really hit me at that point in my life being in high school and kind of taking music to a different level and then also seeing, like, how performance of those songs um, could be more than just sitting or standing there and playing the song, right. you know? Uh, that's all. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So is there another piece of media, um, be it a book or video game or comic book, painting, radio show, you know, some other, or or another piece of music? I know it was hard for you to pick the music. Um, but yeah, some kind of other piece of media that's also been highly influential in your life. Yeah. This is a book. It's a novel. It's a standalone novel. Okay. I've heard of this. Have you? It's called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. There was a movie that was made yeah, of it. that's why I've heard of it. Okay, I think Tom Hanks and maybe Sandra Bullock? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Um, I haven't necessarily avoided it. I haven't either. It was it was kind of, it seemed like it had an agenda. Yeah, sure. And so I just, I don't like being preached to at movies. <laughs> yeah. So movies that have an agenda, I tend to avoid. Oh, I get it. No, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. This, I, th- I think that most of the books that I really, really enjoy, the stories that really stay with me, that I just can't shake, that I want to study, that I just want to read for pleasure, that, that just like slip themselves into so many aspects of my life. If I were to sit here and describe the plot to you, it just might sound so dry and so boring. Um, and, and, and this one, you know, it's, it's about a nine-year-old boy named Oscar Shell, and it takes place just after 9-11, and he lost his father in 9-11 and he has this he has these a short series of uh, recordings on his answering machine of his dad like giving updates and no one was home and uh anyway anyway um the story takes like an interesting turn it's more it's more like it's more about this boy and him just trying to grow up and and you know learn learn about himself and and connect with his father that he loved but that's the that's like the plot that's That's the surface level yeah and so like that does sound like very emotional but i think it doesn't sound like really engaging as a narrative maybe like you know like i want to go read that book right now it's like it seems like a cool concept to me so it's like um you come up with the concept and now are you able to pull it off and make it engaging somehow well see and to me like if i just heard that i'd be like wow that's like heartbreaking and i don't know if i want to get into that fortunately no one had i don't know how i came across this book i don't remember how Fortunately, I I got to read it before anyone really told me about it. And as you can see, there are pictures in this book. There's a picture of a tennis player laying down, happy or sad, you can't tell. There's a picture of fingerprints. There's a page that says purple that's written by hand with the letter, or with in the color green, okay. but it says purple. There's some obscure photo. Um, but, you know, most of the book is actually text. One of the things that I love about this book is... So there's the story that you're telling, which is about this little boy trying to find what happened to his dad. And then there's how you tell the story. Okay. And those two things combined are end up being the story itself and how the story is told. But it's, it's kind of hard to like separate them, you know? He, he includes like um, uh, scripts, he includes lists in this book, he includes photographs, he includes poems, he includes... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like just the format of the book. There are journal entries, there are pages where, um, I mean, I'm trying not to ruin anything here, but there are pages where one of the characters is writing to another character and they just keep writing on top of their own there are pages in here that look like they've been corrected with a red pen but they're actually like that's how it's printed in the book that's part of the story itself their pages like i've seen so if i had picked up a book and just flipped through it and saw that i would be i would want to read it yeah it's interesting to just flip through and be like now look here you have text that starts going on top of text on top of text on top of text and it just turns into a black mess. Um, and there's just so much like that he does with the written word, but then also like how you look at the written word right. and how we perceive. Like just in that, he has a picture of the word purple, but it's written in, in the green. color green. Yeah. Um, just just those kinds of things that are like you know clever. 
but also integral to the story itself, you know? Just a beautiful story, really well told. Like I said, it's something that I could study. It's something that I could just read and enjoy. It's something that if I'm having a rough day, like I can read it and just emotionally, you know, have it resonate with me. It's a lot of things. Um, and this book I've probably given away to five or six friends. Uh, it's, anyway, beautiful, beautiful story. So there's, there's a piece of media that stuck with me because it kind of, kind of came at a point where I thought I understood what a novel was and what picture books were and what a story is and then all of a sudden here you have this thing that is a piece of media on the on the back it says oh maybe it's on a different edition but one of the like blurbs talking about the book mm -hmm. says like this is one of the rare books that um transcends just reading and becomes experience right. which sounds really like pretentious and like yeah okay sure it's really important um, and if, if I would have heard that before I read the book, I would have been like, yeah, okay, okay, great. Yeah. But, uh, it's a yeah, beautiful book. So that's my, that's the book. Cool. I might look into that. Yeah, it's good. And he's written other books. He just came out with another book that I'm aching to read and it sounds super boring, but because I know who he is as an author, I'm like, I can't, I can't wait okay. to jump into it. Can I slip one more in real quick? Absolutely. There's a book called S. I haven't heard of that. Um, do you know who JJ Abrams is? I do know. Who JJ so Abrams he actually co-wrote a novel okay. called S. Uh, he co-wrote it with a guy named Doug Dorst and it's, uh, let's see if I can describe it. <laughs> Um, it comes in a slip case, you know, where you pull the right. book out and the, and the slip case is black and it has this Gothic S on it and it's just beautifully, uh, elegantly, uh, produced and it says, you know, JJ Abrams, Doug Dorst, and there's like a little tab that covers the book that you have to undo the tab to pull the book out. When you pull out this hardcover book from the slip case, it doesn't say S by J.J. Abrams. It says um, Ship of Theseus by V.M. Straka. No indication that J.J. Abrams is involved. Nothing to do with S. Doesn't look like the slip case cover. It looks like a 1940s classic of sorts okay. and you open it up <laughs> oh there's a call number on the spine of the book like a library would have okay that's actually attached to the book like you could peel it off if you wanted uh -huh. um and you open the book up and it has library stamps printed in it as if it's been checked out several right. times and when you start turning the pages, there's already writing in the margins between two people that are reading the book and commenting on the book with each other. So so what ends up happening, and this book is annotated. Okay. So what you have is the the ship of Theseus, the story, the narrative, just you know, cover to cover, this is the story, what happens. Then you have the annotations. Then you have um, this dialogue that's going on between these two people that are reading the book and writing in the margins to each other. Then you have this fourth narrative that, that you have to piece together. You have to take um, their inserts in the book. There are newspaper articles that you can actually remove. There, there's writing on napkins, like actual napkins that you can take out. There are postcards. There's a decoder wheel. And these two characters kind of point out to you, and I don't think this ruins anything, but they kind of point out to you that there's there's something else going on here, and it's possible that this book was written in code, and you have to kind of decipher not only from what is being said in the story and the words they're using, but also where they occur and how many times and all that thing. It's a mystery. Yeah. And you get a piece. Anyway, along the same lines of kind of this meta, meta fiction, right. meta literature, I love that, but I, I need like a good narrative to carry me through. Otherwise, it's 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 just too much in the realm of an idea instead right. of the thing itself. And I, I have a hard time there. I'm just not smart enough to keep up with, with that kind of a pace. Okay. Anyway. Awesome. All right, Jess, this is the part of the podcast where we really get into who you are. Oh, no. Not that we haven't been already, but... <laughs> let's, let's, let's look at my nucleus. <laughs> right. Okay. So tell us about your passion and why you do it. Oh, man, my passion. Yeah, that's a huge question. I have, yeah, I have so many passions. Uh, my family and friends are obviously passions of mine. Learning, learning is a passion, like just picking up new things and, and connecting things. Like, um, And, you know, I brought up language a lot. I don't speak any foreign languages. <laughs> I feel like after everything I've said, I should follow it up with, like, you know, some Italian and some... French or something. I don't know, but I don't know any foreign languages, but I love drawing. I've always loved drawing and I've loved, I've always loved stories. You know, I've kind of brought those up. So those are probably my passions. And I, I end up drawing a lot of 
comics which you know about that's like how we first right. you know initially connected was comics um i love i love making up characters and and just uh figuring out who this character is and what their story is and how they fit into the their their story and um comics are comics are great because if i draw if i draw a character i really love i don't want to just draw it one time and move on like i, I think you can tell i really love good ideas i love good ideas mm-hmm. um you know the talking heads performance and the music this book that is kind of multi-dimensional multifaceted like i, I love that um and so i love like in a comic if i if i have a good idea i don't want to if it's a character for example i don't want to draw it one time and, and then do something else i want to draw them in different positions i want to draw them with other characters i want to draw them in different environments and different emotions um and so comics like more and more over the last few years especially two or three years have become more and more of a uh of a focus or just or just something i'm more aware of and i find myself thinking in terms of comics okay more and more because they are the way i think about them they they are ways of telling stories but in very particular ways and i just love the options that we have in comics and and you know the fact that i can draw and the fact that i can choose from a variety of style visual styles and narrative storytelling to to communicate these different ideas that don't exist right and i get to bring them into creation that's that's a passion that's a passion for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, Jess, what makes you tick? What makes me tick? Uh, probably like my heart and my brain and my soul. <laughs> like what? Uh, yeah. What tick? What makes me tick? Um, not what makes me ticked. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, drivers really uh, <laughs> driving. Um, yeah. What makes me tick? If I sit, if I sit down and like really, really think about it, there's something really hopeful in the fact that, um, that we get to wake up every day and it's a new opportunity. Like it's, I guess that sounds kind of corny, but like if I, if I really like get into what keeps me going, it's, it's that, it's the fact that I get to wake up every day and have a choice and I get to decide like, I'm going to waste my day. I'm going to spend it all on myself. I'm going to sit and watch YouTube videos and just eat junk food, or I can make the choice to um, be with certain people, you know, or I can choose to read certain things, or I can, I can choose to, I can choose to make a difference, you know, uh, for good, and, and I don't just get that opportunity, like, in the morning when I wake up, but if I had a rough morning, I get to choose again in the afternoon, and if I had a rough afternoon, I get to choose again in the evening, and I, you know, I think just, and just meeting other people, and, and seeing, seeing other people in their element doing what they're passionate about okay you know definitely keeps me going it makes me tick you know you're 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 into audio you know a lot about sound and audio and production and i don't but i love the end result and i love learning about the process even if i don't have those technical abilities and like that's that's kind of a driving force because it's look here's someone that is actively pursuing something they're interested in um and using it in their life to to help other people and to and to bring people together and and that's that's a huge part of what keeps me going thanks there we go that's awesome all right well if people want to uh get in contact with you or hire you or or something like that how how can they best do that (sighs) Um, yeah, so I have a I have a website, Jess-Smiley, S-M-I-L-E-Y dot com, uh, and it has some of my work. You can see if, you know, just see what, I, see what I'm into and see if it works with what you want to do. Or you can email me, Jess-Smiley at gmail.com, and I'm pretty easy to find online, I think. Just be nice to me. Be nice. Say nice things. I'm a guy. My name is Jess, and my last name's Smiley, and it sounds pretty cutesy, and I make pretty cutesy drawings. Uh, <laughs> so I always think that's funny, like, sometimes I'll do, like, an interview or something, and it's like, Jess's work is so cute, and she was so nice to, you know, whatever, <laughs> and I just, I just think that's funny, but now you can hear my voice. Right. Yeah, and I can tell you, I'm a dude, so uh, <laughs> smiley.com or email jess.smiley at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm such a dork. <laughs> but aren't we all? No, no, you're like really cool. And I'm like, that's what my voice sounds like. I think we all think that about it. <laughs> it's, it's weird listening to myself. So the thing that I, that came to mind after listening, listening to that was what I'm really interested in is what people are saying and how they're saying it through a song, through a book, through a performance, whatever. That's what it's like. If you, if it's, if the thing you're saying is really interesting, then, then it's the also how you're saying it and they kind of work together, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh.
heard that. Yeah, that fly flew right next to the mic. That's cool. Yeah, it's taunting us now. Yeah, it knows. It's like, yeah. I want to be on the show too. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if it landed on the mic and then it was like, help me. <laughs> That'd be sad. <laughs> yeah, what would a fly have to say? Now for Halloween, remember the jack-o'-lantern song? See if you remember what to do with your hands when we sing some of the words of the song. Jack-o'-lantern, jack-o'-lantern, you are such a funny sight. As you sit there by the window, looking out at the night. Very good. Let's try it again. Episode three? Yeah. That guy. You sound a little disappointed. Well, I feel about that guy the way you felt about this guy. <laughs> well, it couldn't be much worse than the guy we got today. <laughs> I think the guy we got today was great. Oh, man. I'm interviewing you. Oh, that's right. For the next podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it is you. It's Richard, guys. Sorry. So, yeah, tune in next time if you want to know what makes me tick. In our first episode, we played voicemail messages from people that had a scary story to tell. And that's that's what we include in our first episode, the Halloween episode. Now, I'm through the month of November, I want to record people's favorite jokes. Okay. Which is kind of weird, I know. but No, that's good. I do want to hear favorite jokes from you that is listening right now. The number to call is 801-382-7672. I'll tell you that a few years ago, my business card for my graphic design and illustration services was a trading card. Okay. Have you seen that one? I don't think I have. No, my, my business card was a trading card. So it was me with like stars, a star border and fun colors and things. And oh, I then, think I've seen that picture. Okay. And then on the back of the card had like my stats. Uh-huh. <laughs> And one of one of the stats was just information, which was my favorite joke at the time. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Why shouldn't you tell jokes to teeth? Why shouldn't you tell jokes to teeth? I don't know. Because you might hurt their feelings. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like corn... I don't know. I have a sure. thing for corny jokes. I like puns. Puns? I pr- yeah, it's probably a guilty pleasure. Oh, it's not even guilty for me. I, I just, just like, like puns. Yeah. If you want to make someone mad, call in with a pun. 801-382-7672. I want to hear puns. I want to hear your favorite joke. It could be like a like a story joke. It could be a knock-knock joke. Whatever. Whatever. Call in with your favorite joke. And then at the end of November, we'll play kind of a selection of jokes that you guys have called in with. Yeah, all you aspiring comedians, call in with a bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
met this guy, Jefferson, in, I want to say, fifth grade. And he wrote a story for a school publication. Um, and it was really cool. I was really taken, again, by the way, by the story he was telling and by the way he was telling this story. It was just words on paper, and it was really cool. And I paid attention to him and he over the years, and he, he plays music now and does sound engineering. And I invited him to tell a story on our podcast. Um, but I thought I'd, instead of just doing a story... Maybe we could serialize his story. Okay. Whatever the story would be. It could be whatever he wants to do. And we just chop it up in each episode of this podcast. We play like a three-minute segment. That sounds good. So he actually sent me a, uh, a chapter from his story. It's chapter one. And his story is called, These 12 Questions Can Change Your Life Overnight. And I have here the first chapter of that story. Jefferson Craig can be found online at tumbledownlibrary.com. He's also a musician, so there's some of his music on there. Andrew had never believed in curses. But what else could explain the last year and a half? He'd lost his job, been in a bike accident, broken up with his fiancée, and been evicted. And those were just the major events. There were also delayed buses, tepid showers, missent texts, and countless other inconveniences that accreted day in and day out into an almost unbearable weight. At first, it had been a joke. The idea that this bad luck was somehow deliberately directed at Andrew. But the months wore on, and the shadow never lifted. And though he had never expressed it aloud, he was truly beginning to believe he was the victim of a malicious cosmic conspiracy. This morning, he discovered the scheme's latest salvo. Katrina was kicking him out. He could have handled the news better. He didn't need to slam the door. He didn't need to stomp off. But it wasn't fair. She was the one who offered to let him stay in the first place. She said he could crash on her couch until he found work. Suddenly, a year later, they should start discussing other arrangements? And to say she hadn't seen much progress on the job front... They had been over it so many times. He was keeping his eyes open, but nothing had come his way. What more could he do? The market isn't what it used to be, and the longer you're unemployed, the harder it is to get hired. Katrina said she understood, but she didn't. Not really. So he couldn't go back after how he'd left, at least not for a few more hours. But he didn't have anywhere else to go either. And that's how Andrew ended up sulking on a park bench, in the middle of the afternoon on the kind of gorgeous day that only made him more miserable. Andrew was so absorbed in his angst, he didn't even notice a man was walking right towards him. Drew? Andrew looked up. The voice came from a well-dressed man radiating contentment. Andrew couldn't place him immediately, but felt a distant recognition. It's Rich from high school. You, you are Andrew Sadler, right? Right. Of course, Rich. Yeah. How are things? Good. Things are really good. I just ran out to grab a cup of coffee. You know... I think my roommates were cooking something when I left. You want to grab a bite, catch up? I don't know. I've got stuff planned. <laughs> what, are you going to brood in the park? Come on. Nah, I'm cool. Look, this is going to sound strange, but I think that we were supposed to run into each other. Yeah, that does sound strange. I spotted you from way down the block before I had any idea who you were, looking like the most miserable guy in the world, and you know what I thought? That was me. That was me last year. And then it turns out we know each other. Crazy coincidence, right? I can help. I want to help. At the very least, we get a meal out of it. Andrew's phone buzzed. Katrina. His stomach grumbled. Sure. Why not? Please leave a message. would like to thank Johnny Ripper for today's music. Find more from Johnny at johnnyripper.bandcamp.com. Our birthday music comes from Lawrence Garfield, and we'd like to thank RJ from SweetThunder.com for providing today's found audio. The theme music for Please Leave a Message was provided by Sam Davis. You can find him online at SoundCloud.com. Look up Home Row Frequency Dump. We'd also like to thank Jefferson Craig for sharing a chapter from his story, These 12 Questions Can Change Your Life Overnight. You can find more of Jefferson and his music online at TumbledownLibrary.com. Find Please Leave a Message online at pleaseleavemessage.com. You can also look up Message Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also send us an email 
at pleasepodcast at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at 801-382-7672. Send us your found audio clips. Let us know what you think of the show. Right now, we want you to call in with your favorite joke ever, your best joke. Please leave a message at 801-382-7672. Thanks. Thanks.